0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of the Palace Huddle podcast. Here are your hosts, Rob Schwartz and Justin O'Neami. two Bears fans Who decided talking into a microphone was better than shouting at their television?
1: All right. This is part two of episode 43, the Mike Green episode. But you don't care about that. It's the breakdown of the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, Part one, we kind of did a very quick overview of all the selections, but really dove deep on just day one and day two. And so now we're going to look at how day three panned out as well as kind of do some special features here. Uh, you'll get a Rob's rant as well as a this just in.
0: Yeah, the Rob's rant will be in a little bit. But, <laughs> um, we're going to just this one's going to go a little bit faster than the last one. We're going to try to get through this pretty quick. I only have video content for Roshan Johnson and uh, Tyler Scott. Um but I'll still talk to the other guys as well as I have notes and and where I had those guys ranked uh, prior to the draft. So, um, yeah, let's throw up the as'
1: I'll just get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, part two, looking just at day three for uh, analysis as well as some special features we want to talk big, big picture. Um, day three to me – uh, they were just drafting their types, yes, and going best player available off their board, as yep. opposed to day two when it was best D- or B D T A, best D T available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this time they're just best player available, and uh, by the end there still were some holes, notable holes, uh, but I don't think you're going to fix everything in a, in a in a draft necessarily.
0: No, we've always said this isn't going to be the full uh, rebuild right in one year um we see this as like growth a step up maybe like the Lions the getting lucky and kind of pushing to make the playoffs right but we're not we have no Super Bowl hopes for no. 2023 and if you do that's crazy <laughs> um but I think 2024 is when now at that point if they don't have success at that point Ryan pulls on the hot seat going into 2025.
1: I could talk about that later. Um, I don't agree with that necessarily, and I can ex- I can explain why. Um, but I look at, by the conclusion of this draft, and factor in what you still think they're going to do with either free agents that are current free agents or guys that get cut, um, I look at the different rooms of, you know, you got your wide receiver room, you got your running back room, you got your defensive line room. All those rooms, compared to what they looked like last year at this time, I think are way better almost across the board. So they are building through the draft and they are, and they do have a plan and they're sticking to that plan. And they're not just going to take Luke Whipler because we thought they, you know, he was the third best center over a guy that they think fits their style or fits their system. And honestly, some of these guys they're picking for special teams. And, you know, I know we'll go into depth on different people, um, but I just want to point out something. Noah Sewell, probably a better all-around athlete and things like that than Jack Sanborn. And we don't want to just say because Sanborn found success last year that he deserves a spot. I think if they fill their roster with talent, there should be competition a lot of places that there wasn't competition before. Because Sanborn was a bright spot, but there was nothing yeah. <laughs> good about that defense uh, last year. No. And when I say different rooms are looking better, some guys like Velas Jones and, uh, Ebner, these are draft picks just last year. I don't think should feel too comfortable right now. Ebner's not making my roster. He's not making mine either right now. I'll unless throw, he proves something.
0: Maybe I'll throw him on my practice squad and, and, you know, give him an opportunity to stay there and hope that no one takes him. Or if someone does, I'll just say bye. Um, I'll touch on Bayless Jones in a little bit. I don't want to give anything away yet.
1: But I'm saying last year, if you worked at Foot Locker, you probably had a chance to be on this team. Now you're looking at guys who were drafted just last year who, if they don't make notable improvements and show something, might not even be on the team. So there's competition coming in. I mean, the
0: wide receiver room alone has gone from Darnell Mooney and Equinemia St. Brown as your top two. Your third was maybe Dante Pettis. Right. Now –
1: well, it's Pringle and Pringle, look at those right. guys. They didn't right. Harry. Harry. Now it's
0: DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and Equinemius St. Brown, who was your two, is now your four. Exactly. It's a huge upgrade.
1: Love it. Um, so I guess let's talk a few specifics here. And I, I wish we could almost go back to I could at least speak to it here. Um, so let's look. Day three, they should have picked number one in the fourth round. They traded out of that slot, dropped back uh, 12 positions, I believe, to 115, but also scooped up a pick uh, at 165, which kind of replaces the one they lost for trading up for Tyreek Stevenson. Um, So Roshan Johnson ends up being your first pick uh, of day three. He was selected at pick 115. And I think a lot of people were surprised he fell as far as he did. Um, and I definitely, I certainly know that the Bears feel that way. So what do you think about Roshan uh, Johnson? So I am not a big fan of this pick.
0: Um, I know when we were talking in our text messages about it, um, he's just not a guy who I vision envisioned in this offense. He's not a home, running, home run hitting running back. Um, he is not someone who's going to run the outside zone very well he doesn't have the burst to get there uh to me he is david montgomery-esque in certain ways um he's slightly faster has a slightly better burst Uh, his 10 yard split was a 1.52 david montgomery's was 1.58 i believe off the top of my head um his 40 yard dash is a 458 david montgomery's was a 463 so i mean it's they're very similar with a little bit better, obviously.
1: So you're basically saying they're bringing in a younger, less uh, beat-up version of a guy that they had when they had the number one rushing attack in the NFL.
0: No, he only had 93 carries last year and still gained 554 yards. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go up and throw, Go ahead and throw up his video because I want to speak to a few things here. Um, I don't want people to think that I hate the pick. I don't. It's just it was shocking to me. And one of the reasons it was shocking to me before I throw up the video is Israel Abani Konda, okay, Izzy, as he's also known as. From Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh. A guy I wasn't even high on right away. And someone in our uh, comments was like, Rob, you got to look more into this guy. He's a lot faster than you're thinking. I got his numbers mixed up when I was inputting it into my spreadsheet. I thought he was running a 4.5. He was actually running close to a 4.3. Um. I shouldn't say that he did run a 4-3, a 4-3-2. <laughs> um, that's a home run hitting guy. That's a guy who I thought, you know, you get to the outside, you, you make a move, boom, you're gone. Chase Brown was another home run hitting guy. A lot of mileage on that guy though, right? Um, so I just was a little surprised. But now I'm wondering if with Darnell Wright, with Roshan Johnson, are they going to run more of a little bit of a balanced attack versus just strictly most, you know, trying to run that outside zone
1: all the time? That's a great point. Um, and they also really liked how he pass protects, which is not a strength of Khalil Herbert. So the pass protection is
0: huge. As of today, I'm going to say this right now. As of today, he's the best pass-blocking running back on this roster. And that scares me a little bit, though, because usually rookie running backs struggle in that regard, Yes, right? So I think they also are looking at, how do we protect Justin Fields? Right. Continuing right. with the Darnell Wright thing, and he could be your third down running back. He he they, can't. And they I'll, they I'll,
1: even went to show, They even went as far to say he's a former quarterback. Uh, which yes. I don't know if they plan to use him in a gadgety way here and there for a trick play, Maybe. or if that speaks to uh, being able to see the field, intellect, uh, understand what they're trying to run, things like that.
0: All right, so this is a, a video presented by Curtin Call. Okay, so you guys can check out this whole thing. This is actually a really long video. It has every single run of his in 2022, which I think is better than just looking at the highlights. There's three minute like highlight videos where you see him breaking tackles and running for 20, 35, 40 yards. That didn't happen very often. I shouldn't say very often. It didn't happen all the time, right? Um but
1: he'll get the hard yards.
0: That's the difference here, also between him and David Montgomery. This Roshon Johnson is a power back. Okay. He is a power back um, who can catch the ball out of the backfield well enough. Okay. Again, boom. What he does that David Montgomery doesn't do, he sees his hole and he hits it. A lot of times David Montgomery was caught doing a little bit of dancing, right? Sidestepping. But he's going to take those hits and he's not going to go down where I always referred to David Montgomery as like a Maurice Jones Drew, but bigger. Like he'd bounce like almost like a pinball off of you, fall forward, fall forward. Roshan Johnson's going through you. Okay. <laughs> he just puts puts you down and boom goes through you. He can be your third down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, as you're seeing right here. Um, he does well in screen games. Uh he is, you know, gonna give you those tough yards in goal line situations or third and shorts, right? Um, he's more of an upright runner, uh, than, than David Montgomery. I, I wouldn't say upright in the sense of like, uh, uh, King Henry, right. Oh, yeah. Derek Henry, like that guy, I don't, he looks like he's running straight up and down when I watch him run and he looks so slow, he's
1: doing it just but fine. he's so
0: fast. <laughs> it just looks weird and awkward
1: on <laughs> TV at times. It's funny. Um, but yeah, so, I don't know if you have any stories or anecdotes to support this, but I also hear good character guy, leadership qualities, things along those lines. So yes, don't know where that comes from or or how the Bears uh, kind of came to that, but that's certainly uh, something I know teams are going to want to look for.
0: Yeah, I know Ryan Poles was the kind of the one that threw that out there, um, and I know a lot of other people who have spoken about him have also said that. So that's definitely – you know, David Montgomery was a great leader and locker room guy. So, Roshan Johnson should fit in. My issue that I'm seeing is a lot of people are like, he's going to be the number one running back. And they're not, not everyone's saying this year. Some people are saying next year. I don't see it if they're going to continue to run the scheme. I see him as your third down back. I see him as a fill in, as a starter, one through three, you know, one through third down, if they're, you know, missing guys. But I think it's going to be Dante Foreman. And then Roshan is your, num- is your third non-back. And then Quill Herbert's going to have his sub-packages just like he did yeah. with David Montgomery.
1: Well, I think when we talked about should they and will they keep uh, Montgomery, one of the things we kept coming back to is the unfortunate nature of the position where you know it's not valued as highly as it once was. And so um, I don't think the Bears care if they have a number one back or if they get production out of three guys. Right, And I think the NFL is headed in that direction. And so to get a guy um, who has these types of abilities um, and maybe even some intangibles, when you start to talk about things like leadership, I I do like the pick um, overall. With the
0: lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. All right, so the next pick that they took, also in the fourth round, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it was 133. That's correct. All right, uh, was Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati? Okay. Um, some people have him listed at 5'10". Some people have him listed at 5'9". I think it was because he was like 5'9 and three quarters or something like give that.
1: Give him the 5'10". Yeah, I give him the 5'10". That's coming from a short guy. I have Always him 5'10". Always give him that extra inch. I'm not a short guy. I'm
0: like 6'3", but I give him the 5'10". Uh, he's 177 pounds. So he's a little bit shorter. He's lean. Very similar build to Darnell Mooney, who's just got a little bit more height on him at 5'11.
1: He's fast as hell.
0: Fast as hell. He ran a 444. However, Darnell Mooney's faster. Okay. Slightly. Uh his 10 yard split was 1.5. So he's got decent acceleration. 39 and a half inch vertical.
1: That'll that'll do, especially yeah. if you're a little on the shorter side. That's
0: right, and his RAS score was eight point six one. Again, elite. Every person we've mentioned so far has been elite in that RAS score. Okay, um, get the video uh, ready before we, here. as you're getting the
1: video loaded. Um, another reason I would caution people to just purely look at statistics is they talked about how the quarterback play in Cincinnati wasn't consistent or ideal over some of the last two years where you'd be evaluating him. Um, but you got to look at some of the things like the separation he's getting yes, explosion off the line. So I'm sure you're going to speak to that.
0: Yes. Um, so we mentioned Valus Jones, right? So first of all, we got to throw the, the joke in there.
1: <laughs> I yeah. was going to retire that joke, but they,
0: Valus Jones is pushing 80. <laughs> he's getting his walker out. All right. We need a new wide receiver. Tyler Scott is the better version of Bayless Jones. A little bit different build, uh, but he's got the running back background, uh, similar to like Bayless Jones. Like he could be like maybe Debo esque.
1: Oh wow! um, Let's not do that system. I know we said it with Bayless (laughs) Jones,
0: right? Everyone was thinking that could happen there too. But I'm saying from like a play standpoint, you could run him on those jet sweeps, which we saw Bayless do, right? Tyler Scott can be that guy. Um, Better hands, right? better, way better hands, way better hands, uh, a better route runner, but still needs to refine it a little bit. Okay. Um, he was my wide receiver 12. So getting him in the fourth rounds, pretty good value there. Uh, let's see. Uh, he has better, I'm sorry. He has a special teams ability. I didn't know this, uh, until after we drafted him or Chicago bears drafted him, but he does gunner. Okay. So he could be like your, uh, Corderell Patterson was, right? There you go. Great gunner. Uh, Again, explosive. Um, He has good hands, but he has some concentration drops. So, it's like, as long as he's focused, it's good, but he does have some concentration drops. Some people want to say he's a Domino Mooney replacement, and I wanted to bring that up because... But I think Mooney's a way more polished route runner. Way more polished route runner.
1: He's also a four or five year veteran at this point.
0: Correct, but even... In yeah, comparable like, time yeah just a better route runner okay um you're gonna see a lot of go routes right a lot of stop and goes you're gonna see that's fine because that see, opens
1: up the field for underneath that's exactly
0: what you're gonna do here and he's gonna have a sub package he's not gonna you know take a starting spot away i don't think at this point maybe he drives dante pettis off the field right i'm fine with that but
1: talk about concentration drops
0: correct so, And you already have Equinemius St. Brown doing the dirty work. Yeah. So do you need him and Pettis doing the dirty work, or can you get along with get away with just one?
1: We've already named more people than are going to be on the roster. So somebody's getting cut, I think, over a guy like this um, yeah. who has a lot of promise and potential.
0: So, boom, the, <clears throat> the yards after catch. I mean, look house. at the speed to all the, the way. House. Oh, yeah, they're not even going to come close to catching him on this play. Um, I don't know if the video is on here. I know Adam Hogue has spoken to it a lot. Uh, there's a play against Indiana University where he completely, I say he's not a good route runner, he completely fools the corner. The corner's looking the opposite way, and he's just down the field scoring a touchdown. Like, you're going to see a lot of just open throws deep down the field. Something Justin Fields loves to do, something Justin Fields is good at doing. His deep ball accuracy (laughs) is fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Um so I don't have the dre- the big board in front of me to know like who went at this pick that they could have gotten. You said you're going to write an article about that. Yes. But I just want to point out something you said. Um could this be a a Mooney replacement? Let's remember, it's very it's very been talked about many times. Mooney's in the last year of a deal, hasn't gotten an extension. Claypool's you know, we can talk about how he was acquired and all that, but his contract ends this year too. So as nice as that room sounds now, with two question marks that you don't know if you want to resign or will be able to resign this might just be a little insurance and maybe at the spot they're picking they're looking at his skill set and decide that's someone we're, we're going to take over a potential defensive end when they're fine still addressing that another way so i just it's little things like that that we can't possibly know the complexity of what they're they're looking at right
0: now and I don't know this to be true, so someone can fact check me. I think his catch, like yards per catch, is like
1: forty-five. What does that mean? Like his That's average number of catches. His
0: average catch is forty-five yards per catch.
1: That doesn't sound right. I, what does I that even mean? Though? I saw that, someday. but that what that would mean is, like you said, he's only catching fly routes, or he's taking it to the house on every play, and then not catching anything else, I, or not being targeted very much.
0: Let's see if I can figure it out. That doesn't sound right. As we're doing this, think about that. If he had 20 catches, he'd have 450 yards. But I want to say that I saw that
1: somewhere. All right, but if he had 20 catches, he'd have 900 yards in the season. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying.
0: He might have only had 20 catches. I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, we're going to look it up. It's good
1: production. So, uh, the other players drafted day two. Uh, We're not going to go, or sorry, day three. I should say. Yeah. Um, We're not going to go as in depth on, but I did already mention how Noah Sewell out of Oregon. I was 16.6. Well. Uh, uh, okay. 45. <laughs> I said
0: I, I, I saw it on Twitter.
1: So Well, oh, my God. If it's on
0: Twitter, it's true. Uh,
1: I don't I – don't, <laughs> never mind. Um, <clears throat> so Noah Sewell, um, a linebacker out of Oregon. Yes. At, at one point they said, I think he's one of those players where he could have come out last year. Well, he couldn't have come out last year oh, because he wasn't eligible. I see.
0: Had he come out last year, and I'll let you continue okay. where
1: you're going. Well, no. I mean, maybe day one, day two type of talent. Day two is what I'm Okay, I heard. day yes. two. Um, and so, you know, you're drafting for upside. Yeah. He's, he's not, you don't need him to come start, Nope. you know, or anything like that. But if he can learn and come in as a, a backup, play on special teams, that's what you're looking for. And once again, RAS score. Way, way, way up there. Yep, 8.38. Um, so I think they're just looking to get uh talent. They've really completely overturned the linebacker room, which there was no room.
0: No, it's fantastic
1: now. Our, our it was Rokon Smith. That was yeah, it, it was Rokon Smith, and then when he's gone, honestly, coming into this offseason before free agency and everything, Sanborn was our top guy. Yes, and he's an undrafted free agent. Yes, so they've totally remade that uh unit. Um, so I was excited uh, to see a player like that, um, even if he's not going to have that immediate impact you might be looking for.
0: Yeah, I'll go real quick with my notes. I have him here <clears> listed <throat> at 6'1", 246. He's got a 4'6", 27 bench press reps. Uh, if, for those who don't know, that's 225 pounds per rep. Uh, he was my linebacker 7. Uh, athletic inside linebacker who had a better 2021, better 2021 than 2022, above average size and strength, <clears> uh, high motor, uh, with some pass rush ability. Uh, however, I have seen that some people think he could be converted to a defensive end. I don't see it. I think his hips are too stiff when I watched it. Um, I After I heard this, I went back and watched the film again because I was like, maybe it's true. I, I don't see it. I think he's just too stiff. He uh, doesn't have the ability to bend and get around the corner like an end needs to be.
1: Well, and I didn't. Pay too close attention to the size, height, and weight, but he'd have to put on some pounds, too, don't you think?
0: Yeah, 246. Okay, that's yeah. too,
1: that's slight. I yeah. mean, there are some guys that get away with it, but...
0: Yeah, no, that's a good size for a linebacker, but yeah. not for an edge, right? Okay. Um, big physical hitter, struggles with missed tackles <clears> and angles at, game- at times, but should make an immediate impact on special teams.
1: Um, next, at 165, a pick that they acquired by dropping down uh, with the first pick in the fourth. They take Terrell Smith, a corner out of Minnesota, uh, measurables. You'll give us the specifics, but quite honestly, again, fits the mold almost like the Tyreek Stevenson pick. They're almost a few identical below before. And here's what I'll say. You put the number at 30%. GMs probably know there's there's a likelihood you're going to swing and miss. <laughs> almost like a baseball player. That's right. Hitting 300 is good. Um, so sometimes taking two swings
0: Helps you out. Well, um, and I think too, as you increase your number of picks, right? We're talking 10 picks. You know, I say around 30%. I'm just throwing that number out there. But like in this regard, it could be 40 to 50 percent because they have more opportunities exactly. where we're looking at Ryan Pace with five, six guys, right? The chances are just slimmer and slimmer.
1: You're right. Um, so I don't know if you want me to specific? run through yeah, my run okay. through it real quick.
0: So again, six foot, 204 pounds, basically the same size <laughs> yeah. physically as uh, Tyreek Stevenson. 4.41 40 yard uh, dash. dash. I almost said sprint. Uh, vertical is 34 inches. So I think it was actually a little bit higher. Uh,
1: Those 40 times were almost. Identical. Oh, no. It was
0: lower. 38.5 was for okay. Tyreek Stevenson. So he doesn't have as much uh, height with his jump there, but that's okay. Uh, 8.67 RAS score. And I believe Stevenson was like an 8.9. Uh, I have him, he had a strong Shrine Bowl performance. So again, that's, that's kind of what put him on the map. Uh, very similar st- traits, as we just said. Better suited for man coverage, the same as Stevenson. So he's going to be an outside corner backup, in my opinion. Uh, same with Stevenson, though. He's got some tightness in his hips. He does have better footwork, though, which kind of gives him the ability to keep in position with average route runners. I just think he's going to struggle against like the elite route runners. Um, and he was unranked for me. I didn't even have him
1: in my top 10. Which is going to happen when we're now talking about picks quite late in the draft. Again,
0: Um, I only got through 150 prospects. So
1: so then the last two were both in round seven. Uh, We have Travis Bell, another DT out of a school. Nobody has ever made it to the NFL, uh, which is Kennesaw State. Uh, And I found it kind of interesting that when Ryan Poles spoke specifically about him, which he didn't even need to at that point. I don't think he was going player by player. No, He said the one of the best oh, he, humans no, I, think oh, oh, okay. I think he was asked he did Oh, yeah. and he was asked okay he was asked directly one of the best humans i i don't know if he said i've ever met or something like something along those something, lines i mean yes. i was like whoa like uh, uh, if this guy doesn't make the team is he going to be in a coach or something like they were really high on him so who knows why um he was invited in for a um what do they call those something 30? Top 30 visit. top 30 visit yep and uh it must have gone and very apparently well apparently
0: he didn't want to leave
1: that's what I was going to say. It must have gone very well. It's a work ethic thing because they yes. talked about how he had a full-time job but still played football and yeah. things like that. Um, maybe just a guy they didn't want to risk trying to get an undrafted free agent Yeah. because would he have been picked by anyone? I don't know, but they I'm went and got sure. their guy. Uh, and then the last safety slash, you said cornerback, cornerback possibility, Kendall Williamson out of Stanford with the slightly more relevant Mr. Irrelevant pick.
0: Yeah, I'll touch on Kendall Williamson first, and then I'm going to go back to Travis Bell because Travis Bell goes to my Rob's Rants. Uh, Kendall Williamson, safety out of Stanford. Uh, he was also a corner uh, at, early on in his career, so I do think he has some versatility there. Listen to these numbers six foot, 202 pounds. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Okay. Same size, 448 on the on the 40 yard dash. Sound familiar? Yep. 38 and a half inch vertical. Same as uh, Tyree Stevenson. Yep. 8.70 res score. Again, unranked for me. Uh, I didn't even get through my top five for safeties because I didn't think it was that relevant of a need for me to keep looking into them. Um, but again, another lengthy DB very physical, more of an in the box safety than a free safety. He doesn't have the burst uh, to stay up with guys. He has the top end speed uh, with the four, uh, four, eight, 40 yard dash, but he's just, he's a developmental safety. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to make the final roster, but I guarantee he's probably gonna be on the practice squad. Cool.
1: Uh, So I am very excited to hear your rant. So why don't you tell us a little bit, just enough about Travis Bell to rant. All right. So
0: Rob's rants. Okay. Rob's rants. (laughs) Again, this isn't going to get as heated as some of these other ones. So I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to be as entertaining. I apologize, but I'll do my best. Travis Bell, defensive tackle out of Kennesaw State. Six foot, 310 pounds. He's got the size, right? Arm length, 32 and 5'8". Very good measurables. Vertical, 32 and a half. He's athletic. 8.26 on the RAS rankings, right? Definitely unranked for me, okay? Uh, Another hybrid three technique who has similar traits to Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter. Another one. Three defensive tackles in a draft that, in my opinion, was deepest at defensive edge rush okay not all of them were defensive ends some were outside linebackers but edge rushers was the one of the deepest classes uh tight end was another one two positions you didn't even address i don't care that they didn't address tight end that much we've talked about how they need edge rushers but here's where i have my biggest issue what's this guy he's not going i, I don't see him contributing whether he's a good human being or not I want guys who are going to contribute to my football team. You want to have him as a mascot on the sideline? You want to put him in the Staley costume? Okay? I'm fine with it. But here's the thing. I saw Andrew Voorhees.
1: I don't know if the Staley costume will fit this dude. (laughs) Probably not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They got to widen it. Maybe we'll make a new mascot. (laughs) Okay? But I saw Andrew Voorhees go slightly later in the draft in the seventh round. These are seventh round picks. These are Darth Throws. Andrew Voorhees, if he did not tear his ACL at the Combine, would have been a day, early day three pick at the latest. Okay, Fourth round pick. Interior lineman, you need that depth. He's not playing this year. But either is Travis Bell. Travis Bell is not going to play. Not after you just invested two defensive tackles in the first three rounds. You have Andrew Billings that you brought in as your one tech. You still have Justin Jones. Are you going to cut him? So that Travis Bell, Taco T. Bell can play? I don't know. I don't think it's going to work out that way. Voorhees could have just been on the bench, taken a redshirt freshman year. We saw the Ravens take him. You want to talk about a general manager who knows what he's doing? You want to talk about a team that knows what they're doing? The Ravens know what they're doing, especially along that offensive line. Ozzie Newsome. Have you heard that name? He took him in the seventh round. Why? Because they knew. We'll put him on the sideline, put him on the IR. He's not going to play. He'll be here next year. Free pick for 2024. That's my only problem with Travis Bell. Nothing against you, Travis Bell. I think you're an amazing human too, even though I've never met you. Um, Here's what I do know about you because I couldn't find anything online. Google search. The top hit on Google search is Travis Bell obituary. Google already thinks you're dead. I'm sorry. They already think you're dead. My hat's you off. you just
1: him. said his career with the Bears is over, too. That's right. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm but.
0: sorry. But he does have the ability to shed blocks and move down the line in the run game, just as the other two did. Uh, comes from a smaller program. We mentioned he was the first ever drafted uh, of Kennesaw State, the Owls. Uh, again, very few highlights. Couldn't find anything. A high-motor guy, high-character guy. Ryan pulls love.
1: Maybe he's not even real, and we were catfished. You know? He doesn't even exist. Um, But anyway, you you raised some good points. The only thing I'm going to say as a slight rebuttal is the defensive line. I I get what you're saying about tight end. We've already talked about interior of the offensive line, whether that's guard because you still have an injured, injury-prone Jenkins, whether that's center, um, and we also obviously talked about edge. Uh, But when you look at the overall defensive line, I know Justin Jones. I was one of his biggest supporters, but there's hardly anyone from last year that you can definitely say long term is in the plans of the Bears, and that includes Dominique Robinson, which mm-hmm. was a dark throw. That includes Gibbs Gibson. Travis you know I mean? Gibson should be here. You know what I'm saying? So I don't mind them bringing in young, very, very athletic players who maybe you're like you said he may not ever suit up. In a, in a game that matters for the bears, but I didn't have as much of a problem with it. Um, just because it's that late in the draft. I mean,
0: to be honest, I didn't either. I you was, just had to rant. I just either. You rant. got into it though, man. I rant. And I just, I, I love
1: the Andrew Borges
0: and to see him you go to the Ravens. Like, You're
1: right. And good organizations do things a certain way. Right. Uh, but I think, and this will kind of take me right into my, this just in, which is going to be a cooler for your rant. Um, I think the Bears can be that in, in a few years, you know. Um, Oops. Uh-oh. It, yeah. See, that surprise face. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what happened there? All right, so just so you guys know, um, in the past when I've done this Justin, it's been like a deep dive into statistics. Uh, that's where I kind of did the player A, player B. Yes. To compare uh, Justin Fields' first two years to Josh Fields' two, first two years, and it was a little tricky trick with some math and things like that. Um, but this one's more just to really take a deep dive on a topic um, that I, that I want to mention. So, um, it's natural to want to do these immediate grades on players and grades on GMs and all sorts of things like that. I'm not big on it, um, and I'm going to kind of explain why. Ryan Poles is new to this role. This is his second draft, um, but he's already come in with a, a major impact. And by the way, this just in, you know, it's going to be interactive. I'm going to need you a little bit here, Rob. Okay. Um,
0: Is there secret code words that I'm no, supposed no, to know no. about? I'll ask, okay. you, I'll ask you some direct things. I'll
1: ask you some direct things. I'm going to start with you though, because you were big on Ryan Poles before he got the job. He was mm-hmm. the guy you wanted in this role. Okay. So here's what I'm going to ask you. And uh, I know when you started house huddle with Jeremy Layton, you guys had a different intro. And part of that intro was Ryan Poles basically saying what he was here to do. Take the North and never give it back. Take the North and never give it back. But what were some of those things he talked about?
0: Honestly, I have no idea off the top of my
1: head. Okay. (laughs) He said, we're going to build through the draft. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think he talked about building in the trenches. He did. Okay. And right now, the moves he has made, whether they work or not, is not what I'm evaluating. What I'm evaluating is Does this person have a plan and a vision? Are they willing to stick to it, even if it's with unpopular decisions?
0: And so, wait, you're saying when is you he said, didn't get flustered and become Ryan Pace and move up to it? Exactly.
1: Well, I was even going to go cross sports and say, I'm as frustrated as can be with. Oh, don't as a, even as bring I, them all. As a, I shouldn't. It's a they won today. Out. Yeah, they finally won. They won today. I'm a White Sox fan, same. And I'll tell you, one of the most frustrating things is they don't look like they have a plan. Wait. They
0: don't look like they have vision. Luis Robert didn't play. Is he the? Is he the reason they've been losing?
1: I think they finally figured it out. Right. Uh, but we'll stick to the Bears here. <laughs> he is is trying to attack this a certain way. In a very short period of time, he's turned this roster over. Now, there are some carryovers, and I can think of one very, very special carryover in Justin Fields, who we can never credit him with being the one who brought him in. Mm -hmm. However, he analyzed if he would fit what he wanted. I think he's made that decision. He's backed himself up, where if Fields has a terrible year and and doesn't look like the guy, he's positioned himself to go after whoever he wants by having two firsts next year. Multiple picks in rounds three, rounds four. I'm sorry, I don't know about round three. That's a whole separate thing because he brought in a guy like Cunningham to be his protege. And these are two
0: if he's gone uh
1: executives of yeah. color, which is a great thing to see. The Bears being the one of the leaders in the NFL to do. Yeah, but if he gets taken by another team, they get compensatory picks that are going to be valuable. Yep. So he is building through the draft, knowing he's not going to get every pick right. And I don't think he came in thinking, okay. I need to get a center. I need to get a tight end. The guys he wanted at those positions either weren't there or he didn't want them as much as another person, but he's not going to change his approach. He's going to stick with it. And if it, if it all works out according to his plan and he's the genius, he thinks he is, we'll see it in the results very, very soon here and for a very long time. Now, one thing I wanted to challenge you on before that you said is that, and I guess you could rephrase it if I'm, if I heard you wrong, but that, Maybe by a year from now, if things aren't kind of going the right way, he could already be on the hot seat.
0: When I say hot seat, I mean going into 2025. So that gives him this year to show improvement. Right. Next year to compete. Okay. 2025 to compete. And if you're not competing after 2025, you're on the hot seat.
1: Okay. Well, maybe we're saying the same thing. I'm just going to phrase it differently. Okay. I'm looking at, you brought a guy in who came to you with a very clear, very specific plan, and he's executing it. Now, if it starts to look like it's not working, I give him, because he came with such a great uh, ability to hold to a plan, I'll give him one chance to kind of make a a different plan. Sure. And and then hopefully he can steer it a different way because he's not going all in on certain things. If you're going into every draft coming out with 10 players, (laughs) you're covering yourself for other things. You're making it so that you can pivot. Um, So I'm impressed with just that. Not knowing how many of these are going to hit, how many aren't. Uh, So, I just want to point that out. It's not what we're seeing from some of our other sports teams in this city. I'll mention another crappy one, the Bulls. Same owner, by the way. Yeah. Hmm. Head (laughs) scratcher there. Um, But I just think, let's see where this is going. I think it's going in the right direction. Other people, I think, agree. Um, And so, let's see where it goes.
0: Can I I say, though, and this is going to piggyback off of that, I am getting maybe not anymore, 24 hours ago, destroyed, ratioed, as the kids call it, on Twitter, right? Because I said, is it safe, something along these lines, To be- paraphrase, is it safe for me to criticize Ryan Poles, or does everything still need to be positive to this point? And I quickly found out that <laughs> the answer is no, you cannot criticize Ryan Poles right now, because most people think everything he does is fantastic but I think it's okay to criticize someone and still think they're doing a good job.
1: Yes. And actually that was the tweet that made me think that this is this just in I wanted to do, which is why I forgot to ask you exactly what that tweet was. It's fine to say, Hey, should they have taken,
0: uh, and I I specified in that tweet also that I thought it was head scratching that they took two defensive tackles. Should they have taken
1: Dexter or could they have gone to there? that level of, of, critique or criticism or however you want to look at it, of course you can have those conversations. And I'm not saying he's wrong. And people are talking about Claypool. I'm just saying he was decisive in yes. moves that he made. You know, Roquan, that was not popular. Trading guys like Mac and Quinn, and he stuck to a plan. Yes. Sometimes some GMs I've seen will make part of the move, and then maybe the backlash they get scares them, and they don't go all the way in. And that makes me think of old Bulls teams and the White Sox of the past and things like that. He says, I'm going to do this. Hey, we didn't get an edge in this draft. Well, we got some money. We're thinking of spending too. And he's going to go attack that too.
0: And he said, we need to be patient. He said, we're not going to fix all these things in one draft, two drafts. It's going to take time. I understand that. I just want to know where the edge rush is coming from. So if he goes out and signs an edge rusher that I feel comfortable with, I'm going to be excited for 2023. He's
1: got to clear it with you.
0: I mean, there's only three guys that I would be excited about. So, yeah, one of those. Give me three, those three. I have mentioned them already. Yannick Ngwakwe, okay. who can't run, protect, it, can't yeah, stop I the know. run at all. Okay. But we got Frank other guys to do
1: now. Frank Clark. Or if oh, Carl yeah. Lawson gets good. Okay. Or George Pickens. I mean, <laughs> George Pickens
0: could play defensive end.
1: Oh, just to make you happy. All right. So, that was my this, Justin. I just wanted to slow everybody's roll and say at least there is a clear plan that he's trying to execute. He lined up the money and didn't spend it all, you know, like a crazy person. He's lining up draft picks and he's picking them the way he thinks is going to serve the team best. Let's see where it gets them. So
0: again, piggybacking off that clearly they have a thing that they want to follow here. When it comes to traits, every single one of the bears draft picks were an elite RAS score. Um, The Packers were number two. I think they had, Two guys that weren't. Uh, the Lions had like three guys that weren't. And what's really strange, and somebody that a lot of people actually wanted—I'm going to say his name wrong—but Quezzy, the guy who became the GM, From Kansas
1: State. Oh, oh, who became the SDM GM in Minnesota? In
0: Minnesota, they had zero hmm. players that had an elite RES score. It's very interesting because he's an analytics guy, right? So. These are things to keep an eye on going forward, right? Like,
1: And that was the other thing I forgot to bring up when, in, in kind of saying uh, he, he has a plan. But when he came, I believe they kind of brought in more scouts and have a broader did. approach. And I, I just like to see that. It does actually, I told you I'm a Sox fan, but it reminds me of the Cubs with Theo and things like that. Is This is going to take a little bit of time. We have a plan. We're going to execute the plan. Boom. It all kind of came to fruition. Uh, now, could they have extended that and... You want to follow up. You know, Fields is going to have a window. We hope where he's kind of dominant. And then you want to find his replacement and, and keep it going. But if you're taking ten picks a, a year, right. that's how you you might be able to do that.
0: All right. So Justin, and I said we we're going to keep this shorter. We, we didn't. didn't.
1: Nope. <laughs> we like so, we like long,
0: big, violent episodes. <laughs> uh, just final thoughts here. Bears came in with a lot of needs. dressed many. Still have some holes to fill. Right. As you've mentioned, as I've mentioned, it's not a one-year project, uh, like you just elaborated in your this just in. Has plan, isn't afraid to panic, is very cool-headed, very level-headed. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy how level-headed he. Like, I applaud him so much because I, I would be like, wait, why? <laughs> I need that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean I would have I'm training up for Mr. Misky. I would have panicked. I would have. <laughs> this is why I'm not the general manager, but I'm still gonna put out who I thought he should have went with. Um hindsight's always 2020. Of
1: right? course, of course.
0: Uh we did not discuss undrafted free agents, they've signed a ton. Uh you can find those online. No one really stood out to me as guys I was like woohoo about.
1: Yeah, but last year were you like Jack Sanborn?
0: I mean I like the Jack Sanborn okay, signing, but okay. not not to that degree. Right. I never thought he'd be well he should have been. He, right. And oh, yeah. And there's some guys out there that I mean some names, but not anyone that I wouldn't expect a Jack Sanborn leap, right?
1: I would just say any Bears fan who's maybe down or whatever, just go room by room and look at where they were last year and where they are this year. And ask yourself, do you feel better about the room now or did you feel better about it last year? Quarterback room, running back room, receiver room, offensive line room, linebacker room. Justin just came up with our next episode. All right, on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) On the spot. All right. All right, bear down, baby. Bear down. Bear down, everybody.